internet, tis I, Christy. And me, Kelly. And you are back joining us once again in Unnerved, a horror movie podcast with a returning guest, tis Ben. Hi, I have <laughs> returned. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if any of you have listened to the Blair Witch Project episode that we did, mm -hmm. he was uh, reviewing that movie with us, and he has come back to us with this movie that he wanted to watch. Yes. <laughs> Yep. None of us had seen prior. Which is exciting because it's hard to find a movie that you haven't seen, <laughs> let alone Ben hasn't seen, so... <laughs> nope, this was a great excuse to watch a movie. Yes. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but we are covering The Lighthouse from 2019. Yes, um, I can just go through the cast real quick because it's... Hit us with the cast! Uh, Robert Pattinson plays... Winslow, also known as Thomas Howard later in the movie. Willem Dafoe is Thomas Wake. Oh gosh, I'm not going to do justice to her name, but Valeria Caraman is the mermaid, and then Logan Hawks is the real Winslow that Tommy Wakes ends up seeing in flashbacks and stuff. Or like, he's going crazy. So <laughs> Throughout my entire conversation, I'm just going to be calling them from Robert to and William because, or Willem, because... They're both named Thomas. Yes. If I say Thomas did this to Thomas, you're not going to know who's who. <laughs> uh, I think I read somewhere in the script they were referred to as old and young. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for a while, yep. yeah. But, like, Willem Dafoe, Robert Pattinson, they are very recognizable actors. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> okay, I would just say Willem Dafoe looks like a gremlin. I mean, he, he does. He, he was the Green Goblin. I mean, but he he's he got is... that face where it's like his like mouth is almost sunken in, but also like protruded off of his jaw, and it gives him this really weird look. Like I don't know, he's he's Gremlin Man. It's so, great. It's almost like this movie's supposed to be scary or something. No, oh, yeah, uh, <gasps> what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> was it scary for me? No. no. <laughs> So, real quick, uh, before we get into the plot, this was shot with a 1.19 by 1, like, yeah, one nineteen film square to, one. to make it almost a perfect square to make it feel really claustrophobic throughout the entire movie. Apparently, that's a very old film technique. Yep. Yes. It uh, was used when uh, films were transitioning from uh, silent films to talkies for a bit. Okay. Um, also, as far as I'm aware it was written into the script that this had to be the aspect ratio. So yes. the entire film was designed with this in mind. And I thought that was really cool. They also yes. had a whole bunch of like filters and stuff. So what I found out about the director, Robert Eggers, about this is that he is very particular about style and period look. So like he's very accurate when it comes to that type of thing. Costumes are accurate. Yeah. Dialect that they're speaking, which is very interesting, is <laughs> accurate. So... I mean, major props to him. That is something, artistically, I definitely got from this movie, whether or not I liked it, which yeah, I don't, but... Yeah, he studied, like, so many logbooks yes. throughout, like, the past hundred years, and we'll, we'll get into more fun facts and all that, but some of this is loosely based off of stories from the past, yes. so, which we'll address later. So, movie breakdown, let's go. Two men are going to work at a lighthouse. Yay! <laughs> and we're told that they're going to be there for four weeks. And they're kind of in a rotation of lighthouse keepers. Yeah, except Willem Dafoe seems real attached to this lighthouse. I mean, it's his baby. 
Is it his baby or is he its baby? Ooh. Um, the deep questions. We're, we're in scene like two or three. Yeah. And we're already getting weird. <laughs> with with a foghorn blasting in the background. Also accurate to the... They went and like, researched foghorns for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Very so, strange. <laughs> Robert and Willem are looking around the house, getting acquainted with their living situation... You can tell it's also claustrophobic because Robert hits his head, like, right where the, like, frame is. So it kind of feels like he just hit his head on, like, the top part of the TV. That's why you just gotta be short. Yeah, be short like us. (laughs) Ben. Like them. (laughs) Uh, Willem Dafoe has been here before, so he's already pretty comfortable. And he's whistling and gassing the place. (laughs) <laughs> I believe that's what we call a power fart. <laughs> with, with his whistling tunes. Yep. I, uh, I, okay, so this, the farting was apparently supposed to bring humor to the script. I found no humor in this movie when I watched it. Uh, the second time I oh, watched it, except, I found it. Except for when he throws the shit yep. and it hits him in the face. <laughs> like, it felt like a very juvenile thing to do Mm -hmm. but it totally fits with um what uh willem dafoe's character is going for which is just absolute domination of robert pattinson's character which after reading about this a little bit more i understand more the angle they were taking but watching this without knowing anything about it beforehand almost did me a disservice like the the second time i watched it i did find the humor okay I watched it with subtitles, so I got way more information. Yes. So it it was worth watching it the second time to fully understand. Hmm, take that back. To mildly understand the movie better. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at this point, Robert finds the Little Mermaid bone figure in his mattress, which had a hole in it. Yeah, yep. the mattress had a hole. He finds the mermaid figure. It is made out of bone, and he's like. Hmm. This will keep me company. He's like this. This mermaid thick. <laughs> she bay. <laughs> I, I, mean, I yeah. think it's more that it's something that uh, Willem Dafoe's character does not know about, has no control over. So he's like, I'm gonna keep this for myself. That said, okay. that was the most attractive thing on the island at the time. I don't know those seagulls, though. Ooh, <laughs> those oh, seagulls wait. slap, man. Wait till we get to the seagulls. <laughs> um, and then we cut to Robert adding coal to the fuel to the furnace. That yeah. was a weird sentence I just said. <laughs> we'll move on. And then right after that, we cut to dinner bet- between the two of them. Very dark, very small furniture again, yep. more to add yeah. to your claustrophobic thing. No, And because they knew what rate aspect ratio they were going for, because mm-hmm. they were able to build the sets themselves with that in mind Mm -hmm. they were actually able to find or construct a table that would be able to get both men in shot like close together while still also making it feel like very very claustrophobic oh yeah very close very dark yeah very dark this movie was extremely high contrast sometimes it was so bright on set that they couldn't see each other just to really bring out the brights and the darkness in Mm -hmm. in the high contrast so by the way, the movie is in black and white. I don't know if we mentioned oh, that. Oh, no, I don't think we have. No, we mentioned it in the last episode when we introduced it, but, but we didn't not say this it today. One. It is in black and white, yes. Yeah. Um, so while they're having dinner, Willem lifts up his glass for a toast with Robert, 
who would rather not drink and complete the toast. Okay, like, even if you don't drink alcohol, you got a toast, right? Well, that's what, well, after much debate between the two of them, Robert dumps out the alcohol and fills it with shitty water that he doesn't realize is shitty yet. Yeah. Well, like, that that's another part of the theme of the movie. Like, at the start of this, Robert is trying to uh, come to some sort of compromise, even though, like, Mm -hmm. he feels like, it's a crap situation. I'm being forced to do all this work, but like, at least I could keep some of my principles. Yeah. And then it's immediately spat back up in his face. Oh yes. yeah. Yeah. So once he takes a drink of the water, he is given the list of chores he has to do, including cleaning the cistern and making sure that they have uh, drinkable water. Yeah, and you can very much tell Willem is like, you ain't touching that light, that's my job. So, uh, yeah, that's a huge point of contention for, contention for Robert throughout the movie. Yeah. yeah. And as we will see, like, that is Willem Dafoe's basically only job. Yes. It's tend to the light, not even, like, the oil or, like, the, the mechanisms that make it move. It's just literally make sure the light is... Working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything else on the island, literally everything else, is done by Robert. Yes. Yeah. Well, Robert does question his authority because they're supposed to be taking the various shifts and rotating the light and the day duties and everything like that. And Willem just pretty much shuts him down immediately. He's like, you you no. don't even know what you're doing. You gotta pay your respects, earn your worth, and then maybe, but really no. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't. As uh, Robert Pattinson would say, it's like Willem is his daddy, kind of, in this movie. Mm. That's a good analogy for later. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, now we cut to Robert working the quote-unquote dog shift, which is the day shift. Um, where there's a lot of dog references because Willem is treating Robert like a little pet. It's well, a power play dynamic. <laughs> yes, power play. it is. Um, so he's doing all the cleaning, all the maintenance, and then we cut to the stairway leading up to the lighthouse, and we see Willem Dafoe shirtless in the light and drinking and toasting to the light itself. Is this where his eye is kind of like half shut and he's looking at the light? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looks like he's like really drunk or high just mm-hmm. staring into the light. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's his loved one, his, his uh, wifey. <laughs> it's something. I don't really know what he, that's He toasts it to its beauty, is what he does. So I'm like, boy. <laughs> You've been in this lighthouse for too long, dude. Alright. It's been a day. <laughs> <laughs> We've already witnessed two days on this island. We think. Supposedly. <laughs> like, Time gets weird. Yes. Time gets so bizarre. And then I start to question everything. Like, yep. we can get into that, but... Yeah, so we also see Robert, who notices through the grate, well, yeah, this is the first time he looks up the grate to see mm-hmm. Willem doing a bunch of weird shit, and is rather envious that he is not allowed up there. And Willem Dafoe also locks himself up in the upper part of the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Robert literally can't even get up there. Nope. nope. So then he's deci- Robert decides to go for a walk. He's wandering around outside, towards the sea, notices a dead body floating in the in the ocean with mm-hmm. a bunch of logs, and it's almost like he's hypnotized and is walking through the sea, practically ready to drown himself. 
Is this a whole metaphor for his guilt? Uh, this is a metaphor for a lot of things, but specifically in this scene, I think it's just a guilty conscience okay. manifesting. Because immediately after he, like, gets into the water, he sees a freaky fish woman, and then... A mermaid slash siren. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. And then wakes up in his bed. Yeah. That's right, he does. So, it's nightmare breaking his psyche, or did it really happen and just... Teleported back to bed. Who knows with this movie. But the siren is screaming, which for many seafaring folk, uh, it's a bad omen. It's bad juju. It also sounds like the uh, lighthouse, like foghorn. Like they layered that sound underneath the sound Mm -hmm. of the the siren screaming. Mm -hmm. So he's like, we're already seeing reality and dream kind of blur together. Yes. Yeah. So now Robert is working through the day, cleaning the cistern. Get a cool shot of, like, the swirling water from, like, the disinfectant he puts in or whatever it is. I don't know. I've never cleaned a cistern. Let's hope none of us have to. (laughs) Yeah, I'll pass. Thanks. Yeah. And then he has to fix the shingles on the roof because they had a leaky roof that morning. Oh, yeah. And that's why he removes the shingle and notices Willem doing some weird stuff in his sleep with his ass hanging out of his onesie, uh long underwear yes so i actually interpret this as robert's character like this is his gaze because there are hints throughout the movie that there's more of like some homoerotic undertones Mm -hmm. going along so i just viewed this as like a lonely man on an island like nothing but hard labor Mm -hmm. and when he sees like an ass that he thinks is attractive he's like whoa Look at that green goblin ass. ass. I definitely agree with that. I think um, Robert Eggers was asked about the sexuality of both the men, and Mm -hmm. he said, I'd prefer you just to leave it up to interpretation. I'm not saying I did, I'm not saying I didn't. So, But I definitely think that there is. Yep, and that is the director's answer to most questions about this film. (laughs) Or any film. He's a very interesting public speaker. Oh, yes. So now we transfer... Robert's duties to bringing the coal to the furnace, and he is stopped by a seabird, a little seagull. With one eye, right? With one eye, who's just screaming at him, essentially, and they're having a standoff, throws a rock, and the seabird laughs and flies away. Me the too. rats of the sea. They are. Remind me of rat birds from yes. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. <laughs> so, the, this seagull is missing its left eye. Mm-hmm. It is important. Yes. Yes. So, then we have Robert carrying a giant oil-slash-fuel drum up the light and is stopped by Willem at the top, saying, you just needed to fill this canister up, and that's all you needed to do. Which she clearly let him bring that all the way up and then told him, right? Right? Or he was drunk up at uh, <laughs> in his, like, locked little area and is like, what's that noise? It I, disturbs me. <laughs> it just feels like Willem is trying to set Robert up for failure. Sure. But oh, like, yeah. This is That's also, just what it feels like. This is also the situation. If you've ever, like, started a new job, did something, like, unnecessarily, this yeah. is the kind of moment where, like, you know, your boss would be like, hey, you didn't have to do that. This is how you would do it in the future. Like, it's okay yeah. that you screwed up this once, but, like, no. Willem just lays into Robert about this. Like, you, yeah. like, like he's some sort of, like massive failure for like you know exerting himself Mm -hmm. doing his job he's not a very supportive boss oh (laughs) very much not. (laughs) 
is he technically even his boss? Because uh, they're yeah. supposed to be in a rotation. Sure, but like there oh, is the like is. the the senior wiki and then the I give, but like not as much as this is made out to be. Definitely <laughs> right. So now we cut to dinner, and Willem is talking about his past sea adventures, like spending time at sea. Warns that boredom is a villainous thing, and that the only cure is to drink. Yeah, he drinks a lot, but he no. except for the parts <laughs> where him and both Robert are just blasted he never seems to be like drunk yes yep. it's probably because he has a high alcohol tolerance at this point in his life i don't think I saw all he does is drink water. Like... Well, like at this point i think he is using alcohol to try to ply robert to make him more docile more complacent oh and, yeah like, hold more things over his head mm-hmm. and at this point robert is not having it because he's at least from his perspective still just trying to do his job yeah yeah. So, at this point, Robert also asks about the last attendant that Willem had, and Willem explains that he died after going mad, raving about sirens, merfolk, and various bad omens, and that he thought that there was an enchantment in the light. I mean, but isn't is there? Isn't there? <laughs> uh, so, th- that's pretty out there out of like yeah out of the blue so far in this movie it's very ominous but that also hints at what's happening to robert because he saw a mermaid yeah he did Mm. yeah a very pretty lady and at this point willem also warns that it is bad luck to kill a seabird yes it is bad luck and robert doesn't believe him and then gets fish slapped and oh yeah. yeah oh yeah i forgot about that oh yeah uh, Willem is very ra- uh, rattled by this, asks for some coffee, because he knows it's going to be a long night. Hmm. Cut to Robert lying in bed with his mermaid statue. Oh, yeah. And a bird tapping on his window. Tap, tap, tapping on his window. And then this is the first fapping time for Robert. <sighs> the amount of masturbation. The fact that I have to say first? There's hmm. so much in this movie. It is a movie about two dudes. I was not <laughs> expecting it going in, but there's, when it started, it made sense. There's just a lot of dick imagery. Yeah, I mean, the lighthouse itself The is. lighthouse, we see a lot of strange liquids <laughs> of ruin. We do. I, originally, in the script, it called for actually like taking the lighthouse and then cut to an actual shot of Robert's penis, but... They didn't allow, the production didn't allow them to do that or the studio because they would have had to give it like an NC-17 rating and they didn't want to have that much on it. They wanted to be R. You know what? Sometimes I think creative control by studios is a bit too heavy handed mm-hmm. and other times, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to see that. We got it. Like, mm. we, we understood it's dick. We get it. <laughs> Very phallic imagery in this whole movie. Right. Like, um... Afterwards, he goes out for a smoke and is looking up at the light to see Willem working. We just really see him pacing around. We don't see anything else yep. strange happening. Uh, cut to the morning. Robert back at work and cleaning, and Willem accuses him of not doing a good job, and then they have an argument about the tasks, and Willem puts Robert in his place once again. Is this with the floorboards? Yep. Yes. Because I originally thought for some reason, and it's not this, that oh, it I was thought the his same thing. jizz on the floor yeah. he didn't clean up. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. 
That's I thought the I same said, thing. I that. Really? Yeah. Yes. Because when we were watching it, I'm like, oh no, he found it. Yeah, we're like, oh. <laughs> but no, that's not it. He was just like, if I tell you to take up every screw out of these floorboards and clean it that way, you're going to do it. I don't know. We didn't see the floor, but no. Sure. Like, this is, again, like... Uh, formal, yeah, control. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it was in a totally different room. Do you think, like, <laughs> like they have that? Much, I wasn't like, paying attention to like, the, like Robert's power? surroundings. Okay, <laughs> who knows? Maybe the floorboards have holes in them. I mean, they down. definitely do. This 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 lighthouse is falling apart. Yes, <laughs> um, splinters. No, it, it was. The look on your face, priceless. No, it doesn't make sense that it would be the same thing. But to be fair, this whole movie didn't make sense to me. So I'm like, maybe, maybe he's just having a grand old time whenever Willem's in the lighthouse. Like, fair enough. You never know. And Willem also threatens to dock Robert's pay. Yeah, he's point. not doing a good job or whatever. So it looks like that there's some sort of inspector or Willem. I couldn't real quite catch in the background watching Robert work for a little while. Uh, it would have been just Willem. Okay. That's what I thought, yep. but he, he also mentioned something about another inspector coming by, so I didn't know if there was, like, a crew member in the background pretending to be, like, the halfway inspector or whatever. Fair enough, but, like, it's, I think they're I working under, Willem, yeah, so. they're under the assumption that, like, at the end of their stint, somebody from whatever company they're working for is going to come in and be like, yeah, those, those floorboards, not clean enough, uh... You owe us $500 or something like that. <laughs> like uh, when people take your security deposit from your from renting kind of yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so now we cue a rainstorm and Robert has to work through the rainstorm. This and is hard. he, he mm-hmm. dumps over his wheelbarrow by accident because the wind is so bad. Uh, I think this is the one that they did seven takes on. Oh. And uh, because of the conditions, they filmed this on an island uh, near a town in Nova Scotia. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like, just to like that day for some reason, the rain was not enough to be caught on camera. So they had to bring out a hose and spray him down every uh, time he was doing it. So that's horrible. Yep. All the weather in this is real. They yes. were going through like rough conditions, like below freezing. They said the nor'easters came through. Or something like that. Some kind of storms yep. that are up in the Canadian area. but Made for great shots of waves. Yeah, yeah. and for some... I mean, it works to the actor's benefit, right? Because then they don't have to You're fake being it. cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or miserable. They are. Method acting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, now we cut to another dinner and the foghorn blasting in the background. And they're silent throughout the entire dinner. It's like... A 20 second shot of dinner and then we move on. Willem eats very interesting in this. So messy. <laughs> uh, also, those are fake teeth in Willem's mouth. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, next day, Robert is painting the side of the lighthouse and Willem is tending to his pulley, leading him down. Oh, yeah, when he's painting it. Yep. It's just a, like a kitchen chair that they have rigged up. Yep. Yep. And uh, Willem pretty much. Is not listening to Robert. It's another power like, play. Yep, and Robert freaks out, falls to the ground, and gets himself covered in white paint. Ooh. Sure. But, like, this also, <laughs> the way that the this scene was cut implies that he got knocked out for a time. Yeah. Yep. Yep, and he wakes up, and, like, it's still day, but, like... Willem did nothing. Yeah, no, he's yeah. nowhere to be found, even though he's the one that, like, 
clearly had to have been responsible for him, like, ultimately dropping. Yeah. And uh, then he wakes up. It, this scene is also where he gets pestered by the... Yeah, the seagull yep. with one eye is pulling and tugging at his pants. Hmm. In the kneecap mm. area. Mm. Yes, that's right. And he gets upset and he's like, go away. Yes. Shoo. Uh, cut to Willem writing in his logbook, rather satisfied looking because he's got a little smirk as he writes. This logbook ended up being a total letdown for me in this movie. Hmm. There's just not a lot to it. Because you were probably wondering what was in the light more than anything. Yeah, well, and I was also curious about the logbook because it seemed like Robert's character became fixated on that before he really became fixated well, on like, the light. It's, a, it's like a physical representation of the power he has mm -hmm. over his coworker. Yeah. Where it's like he's able to judge his performance and, like, really able to, like, very smugly, like, I'm doing everything right. He's doing everything wrong. Like, mm -hmm. ah, I'm doing such good work. Right. End of entry. <laughs> Without hearing the other side of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, then we cut to uh, Robert asking Willem to uh, call him by his name at dinner. Oh, yeah. Which he says is Winslow. Yes. Yep. Ephraim Winslow. Yep. And Willem asks for a backstory for Robert. We find out that he was, like, in a logging town. He was like a lumberjack. Yeah. And he's like, I got enough of that, and decided to keep going from job to job, seeing what suited me, and then save my wages for to build a house. And Willem kind of sees through this and is like, what are you running from? Don't tell me, but you seem like you're on the run. Oh, definitely. Like, and then also accuses it of being boring. I mean, that is kind of boring, but like, that's also sort of like where Willem is at. Like, he's got... A job that he likes, mm -hmm. high paying, yep. like enough power over people that like nobody can tell him what to do. And that's exactly what Robert is going for. And like him seeing that as like boring or dumb is very <laughs> hypocritical. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, then Willem kind of gives a little bit of his backstory saying that he lost his leg and he's proud to be a wiki and gives his... Well, like... Resume, essentially. <laughs> well, like, by lost, he means that, like, one of his legs is bum. It no, does he not... says that he lost his leg, because he does gives a completely second story. Well, like, the second story is a different way as to why his leg is bum. Uh, it, it could... His, his wording here could vary just... It's just a metaphor. Yep. Yeah, because the next time he says that it's just broken. Yeah. Yep. He lost it as in he... It made him lose something in his life, yep. I think. Yep. I took it that he's insinuating that he lost his leg and that it's like it's a, a prosthetic. Very sea-faring. Right, I mean, that's I mean, why I kind yeah. of assumed, and he's got such a limp that it would kind of warrant that. I suppose we always see him in pants and boots. Yeah, we never would know. Yep. So, so up to interpretation. Although we did see his ass. So he doesn't have a fake ass. We that's, that. that's, he could have just had the missing leg from the knee down. Yeah, true, but I mean, no missing ass. No, you don't just miss your ass. Come on now. You can have no ass, but you can't miss your ass. No. <laughs> this is why I love being on this podcast. <laughs> um, so Robert then asks why it's bad luck to kill a seabird, because he keeps getting pestered by one. Um, and Willem explains that it is the souls of sailors who have died. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. Yeah. Um, Willem then asks that he asks Robert if he's a praying man. Robert says not as often as he would like, but he is a God-fearing man. So, take that for what you will. 
because of the theories that will happen later. Um, <laughs> cut to yet another day of Robert doing chores. While I'm writing in his logbook and going up to the light, Robert is tossing and turning in his sleep at this point, and since he can't sleep, goes up to the light to find Willem naked and moaning and possibly fapping to the light. Oh. And he he's right underneath him. Oh, he was definitely. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. Yep. And then we see some ooze drip down. We don't know if it's most likely but Willem's. There's, but there's also... A tentacle. Yeah, I know, so, so it could be drool or like slimy slime. I don't. I don't know. It's. I kept it's yelling. A I kept yelling at Robert to like back away. I'm like, you're in the splash zone. Because <laughs> 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 why would you want to stand underneath that? Boredom. Boredom. <laughs> I hope I'm never that bored. <laughs> Maybe if I can dodge it. <laughs> Ooh, no it, thanks. It's gross. Either way, in this scene, Robert is looking very, like, maybe not jealous, not envious, mesmerized? not curious. Mesmerized. Mm. Yeah. Like, either by the light or by what is going on. We're not really sure if that, the tentacle that is seen is supposed to be literal, if it's supposed to be, like, part of Robert's ongoing hallucinations. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> It's still feeding into, like, he doesn't know it's up there. He wants to know it's up there. He wants to know, like, what is going on with this thing. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my lord. Cut to the next morning, and the water's looking bad. So Robert goes check on the cistern to see that there is a drowned seabird in the cistern. And the one-eyed bird shows up, starts laughing at him, and Robert fucking murks it. This is the most brutal bird kill I've ever seen in the film. Right? Yeah, wow. It was... Almost catharsis. <laughs> like, it's a really good gore moment. I wouldn't say it's my favorite gore moment. We're get, we'll get to that. <laughs> but, like, just the attention to detail, because pretty much it's a stuffed bird that he's flailing around, but, mm-hmm. like, every time he hits the cistern, just the nice blood yep. splatter comes out of it. Oh, I was so happy with that. <laughs> I originally thought when he opened the cistern that the bird in there was going to be the one that caused all their problems. I think he was hoping that too. It's like, okay, but at least it's dead. Yeah. And then it shows and up. I didn't kill it. Yep. Right. And then, yeah, and then he's like, nope, <laughs> time to die. And then whack. <laughs> so uh, immediately after he, like, brutally murders this bird, we uh, pan up to the top of the lighthouse and see the wind change direction, basically 180. Oh, yeah. yeah. From southwest to northeast. And I was like, From what I Willem's saw. gonna know! Willem's gonna know! Right? <laughs> Willem states then there's, there's a storm coming and Robert has to board up the house to mm-hmm. keep the rain out. And then there, we find out that they're supposed to be leaving tomorrow, the next day. Why would you even test the murdering bird theory? Like, come on, Robert. So. I don't think it was intentional. <laughs> I didn't think he murdered the bird going like, I want to see if this works. <laughs> so it's it's also, he probably lost track of what day it was because he's relying on Willem's, like, explanation of time. I don't think he's relying on it. Not relying, but he's he's getting mind-fucked yeah. by Willem on the time frames and yeah. whatnot. Um, and they're going to celebrate their last night by having a lobster dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Willem convinces Robert to drink for the final night, and they throw back several beers, or rum, or whatever they're drinking. 
And they are singing some sea shanties about going home. Love the sea shanties in this film. Gotta love them. Um, They're telling stories. Willem is smoking. I know. And, like, this is one of the moments that you get where these two characters are actually, like, friendly with each other. Yeah. And it feels like they could actually be, like, buddies. It's just very sad that they have to very heavily drink to get there. If Willem wasn't such a piece of shit throughout the first beginning of the movie, it would have been fine. Yeah. They would have been fine. Hmm. But, no. No. Um, Willem tells Robert that his name is Thomas Wake because now they're on a name basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next morning they are super hungover and this is where Robert takes the bathroom pots out to the... <laughs> the cliffside. It's the funniest moment in the film. He, yes. He just carries two chamber pots out to a cliff, yep. and uh, the wind is not in his favor. No. Apparently this is supposed to be based off of The Big Lebowski, which I've never seen, so I can't... Wait, really? Yeah. Something off of that. That is the oddest reference, then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've never seen The Big Lebowski, so I don't know. You should. <laughs> But when it, yeah, when he throws the contents, it uh, the wind splashes it right back into his face. You laughed so loud, Christy. You thought well, it was just, so funny. Because I was hoping during the scene, I'm like, watch, he's gonna trip and fall, and it's just gonna go all over him. They like, were because he's like, they were full, and he was like unsteady. So I'm like, he's gonna trip and fall, and it's gonna go all over him. But it was even yeah. funnier when he tried to throw it back in his face. I'm like, that's even better. That's perfect. And his face, like, it was funny, too, because he didn't react. Screaming. And then he screams. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Oh. It was so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Robert has to do all of his work in a massive storm again. And uh, Robert is starting to lose it at this point. Even hard more than usual. Like he was at like a four, now he's at like a seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. He. This is, I believe, I'm losing where. Well, this is the halfway point of the film. Where oh, they're... this is where he notices the mermaid and feels her up. Yep. And Lovely. she starts screaming, and he runs away. Yep. Just like a beached up mermaid. Yeah. Yep. And now we cut to the two of them standing in the rain, waiting for someone to come pick them up, and no one comes. And that's a real shot with the weather. They mm-hmm. didn't have to do anything that was just as miserable as it was. So they have to deal with each other for another night. Or two, or, or however weeks, many. Or another month. Yep. Question mark. <laughs> yep, because yep, we have no idea what... We just assume that four weeks have passed to mm-hmm. this point, and now we don't know anything past this point. Yep. Right. Because the next scene is just uh, Robert doing work in a storm, getting back to the uh, like the little lighthouse area where they're living, and then Willem going saying like we need to start rationing food, we need to like mm-hmm. like really hunker down. He's like, well, it's only been a day. Yeah, Robert's drunk off his ass still because yep. he's been drinking while working. It, it, and that's all he well, does now. It's like from here to the rest of the movie, he is drunk almost all the time. It feels like. Yep. Like, there are points where he's able to, like, put it down for a bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember uh, an upcoming scene where he, like, is about to take a drink while he's shoveling coal, but chooses not to. Okay. But then, like, yeah, this entire rest of the film, he's in various states of, like, I've drank in two bottles of 
gin or vodka today. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, Robert does think it's been only one day, as Kelly said, and then Willem tells him, no, it's been, like, weeks, man. And he's like, uh. Which do no. we believe, Willem? No. I don't know. Like. I don't know. Nope. Uh, all sense of perception and time get ruined yep. as we go along. Right. Because we, we're th- constantly through the perspective of Robert. Yes. And he's drunk Very. all the time. Mm-hmm. So we have no idea, really. And we've just seen, okay, wake up, work, go to bed, watch Willem in the lighthouse, do it again. Yep. Yeah. That's literally all we see day to day to day. Yep. So the two of them go out and they dig up a big box of liquor that was hidden uh, next to the side of the lighthouse. Yeah, because I, I thought this might be like food because they oh, yeah. mentioned that, yep. oh, you know, the rations are going low. And then it turns out to be liquor and they seemed really happy about it. So I was like, okay, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, so now we cut to dinner-ish time. Willem explains his previous sea days, and Robert hides the knife in his pocket during the weird tales that Willem is telling, and says the new story about his yep. leg, and Robert calls him out on it, and Willem says that he just misheard him. Yeah, he says something about how it's scurvy yep. this yep. time. And then, since they're doing another night of extreme drinking challenges, <laughs> um... Robert expresses that he really wants a steak, and if he had the steak, he would fuck it. Mm-hmm. That's a statement. <laughs> it's a choice. Yep. So now Robert is insulting Willem's cooking, and Willem is practically oh, cursing scene. him out. No blinking or breaking eye contact with Robert, and breaks him to the point where Robert takes it all back. If there is one scene in this film that, like you want to revisit, mm-hmm. rewatch, or, like, that'll give you a great sense of what is going on yes. in this film. It is this scene. It's yes. just a very good scene. And apparently Willem didn't blink for over two minutes when yep. he did this. And it was shot awesome. in a single take. So he went hard. Insane. Willem, yes. He basically old-timey curses him. Yep. Yeah. He's call- calling down the wrath of Neptune, yeah. Triton, Poseidon. Yeah. He and goes like, hard. And like all over Robert Pattinson not liking his cooking. Yes. Yeah. And initially what, reading into it, like there, he's like, but you like my lobster, don't you? It honestly just, this is again with the homoerotica. It sounds like two gay men, or like a gay man yelling at a closeted man mm-hmm. who's in denial. Yep. But or, you like my lobster, right? Yeah. Or just like, <laughs> like partners being like, yeah, my cooking kind of sucked, but you like my lobster, right? Please tell me this. Right. I want to make this work. I one thing. <laughs> uh, and pretty much everything that happens in the monologue is what's going to happen. It sets up the whole movie. Yeah. The whole rest of the movie. I was so enamored with him not blinking. I wasn't paying that much attention to what he was saying. But, yeah, that's the gist of it. He, well, and then Robert backs off at the end and goes, okay, fine. I like your cooking. Jeez. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Because Willem has to win. Mm-hmm. He has to win at everything. Yes. That's been, like... Set up in terms of work, in terms of authority, in mm-hmm. terms of, like, you, like, do the cheers and toast that I make you do. You drink mm-hmm. my alcohol that I, that I tell you to drink. And now it's like, you tell me my cooking is good, damn it. I think uh, what people have said about this movie, not that Robert Eggers necessarily built it this way, but that, that Willem's whole character is just, like, toxic masculinity. Oh, yeah. To a T. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh... 
cut to Robert staring up at the grate into the lighthouse going crazy. So now he's at like an eight. Mm-hmm. Now we're good. Solid simmering eight. Yeah. 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 We went from a seven to an eight. Like we're getting even further up there. We're just turning the dial. <laughs> yes. Robert then tries to break into the grate of the light portion. Breaks his knife in the process of trying to pick the lock. Picks the lock successfully to the cabinet for the keys. Notices they're not there. <laughs> tries to steal them from Willem, who's sleeping. Then tries to kill him. Yeah. Willem wakes up and he's like, nah, bro. Like, like, you wish. Like, this is this is awesome. Because he breaks the knife. Mm-hmm. But he also has the knife. So, like, mm-hmm. something is not entirely accurate here. He also, like, in trying to break into where... Um, uh, Willem would normally store the logbook, like utterly failing because it's just right there sitting out in the open, mm-hmm. like in their bedroom. It's like, you are clearly not thinking straight or not observing everything. No. Nope. He's so fixated on one thing. The light. The light. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the aliens from like Toy Story. Oh, the Martian? <laughs> <laughs> Farewell, my friends. I have been chosen. (laughs) (laughs) Tentacle lifts you up to the light. Oh! Oh. I wish something that cool happened in this movie. But it didn't. Oh, Willem tells him to get back to work, and Robert does. Um, Robert also tells Willem that he's not human, and that he's only tolerable when he's drunk. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not wrong. And this is the massive, trippy montage of Robert fapping, working dreams, fucking a mermaid, and bringing the lobster trap up and and seeing the head of a man. Now, I appreciate... Oh, bringing the lobster trap up doesn't look inside it yet. And a man drowning and the light. Yeah. So those are the various imagery. This is this is like a very complicated series of shots. Yeah, it is. And apparently, so Robert Eggers went so far as to make the genitalia on the mer woman, like like you always have questions about how that's supposed to work, and now we have answers. Yeah, it, it's based really off of a yeah, it, it's a, it's based <laughs> off a shark. It's based off a shark vagina. Okay, mm-hmm. so they made that accurate too. Yep. They did think about that. They had to go through the steps. The fact of doing that you it. think about that. I mean, I, I mean, for the scenes they needed it for, I guess. <laughs> like, but like, it also kind of feeds into like all the cutting back and forth because like, there's parts of him like going at it with like the mermaid on the beach. There's parts of him like in a shed, like going at it, but like holding the scrimshaw mermaid in his hand. Mm-hmm. There's cutting to like flashbacks of like this blonde person like turned around with like a hook swinging yeah um and then it starts and ends with like him fishing up lobster and then at the end in the lobster cage is that not yet not yet oh i thought thought he drops the mermaid bone statue and cries for like a good two minutes with his pants down with his pants down and then he does bring up the lobster trap in earnest and yep. notices the head of the last assistant. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Who is missing this... a left eye? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. it's a bird. It's the bird man. <laughs> the bird that you killed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I don't know what this is supposed to mean, this whole montage of stuff. It's like, yeah, he's losing his mind, but... Well, like, I, th- I think this is supposed to be a combination of, like, he's losing his mind, he's losing time, he is intermingling a lot of complicated emotions together, mm. and uh, that is manifesting in very unhealthy ways. And it 
also is messing with like our sense of reality because like does the mermaid exist does it not is he like just yeah. uh, working it in the shed or is he doing all of these things at once yeah like is he remembering things is he is this just like a really weird mental trip he's going through while he's trying to get off who knows he's pushed down the feelings yep. man his inside out head cast they took a day off. Oh. <laughs> they took a day off. Yeah. They're just like, have fun! You get all this push all the buttons. <laughs> He's got Button that match. crew from inside out, and yeah. they're all just running around screaming. What's the imaginary friend's name? Bing Bong? Yeah, or something like Bing that. Bing Bong comes in, it's like, hey, what's going on? Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to see this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then another drunken night singing sea shanties, slow dancing, a fist fight, and then cuddle time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this oh. is a very dangerous cuddle time. Oh, is this cuddle time where they almost kiss? Uh, this is that same scene where yeah. like they're drunken, they, they, yeah. they do the uh, sea shanty and dance, they mm-hmm. slow dance before they kiss, they like old timey box with each other. It's like, oh no, must fight. Yep. <laughs> oh, that was... Uh... Yeah. It's interesting. Cuddle time and Robert is giving up his dark past. And Willem's uh, like, don't do that. And he's like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, he's like, don't so, spill your beans, I yep, think is yep, what he says. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is where we find out that Robert's character's real name is Thomas. And that he his former boss was attacked and drowned. And he did nothing to save him. Which, during the weird montage that we saw earlier, since it's through the, his perspective, were maybe hinted that Robert killed his last boss. Yep. He at least, at the very least, didn't do anything to stop it. Right, at but like that's least, what he's... But... That's what he's like either telling himself or telling mm-hmm. us. Um, something that comes up here is, uh, well, Ephraim, which is what Robert Pattinson's character was going by, yeah. is... Mm-hmm his former like boss's name yes he stole that identity used it to get this job yeah and at the end of this story where he says like i could have done it it would have been real easy all i had to do was swing this hook there and it would have like knocked him on the logs and Mm -hmm. drowned him but i didn't but he says after ephraim died all he could think was i need a smoke yeah and that comes up later in the film Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think yeah 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 he done so bad. Mm. And Willem's like, you shouldn't have spilled your beans. You just spilled <laughs> your beans, <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm telling you, Gremlin Man. <laughs> um, so, Willem didn't know the truth about... Uh, hold on. Willem didn't want to know this truth, but no. Robert didn't listen. Right. Then we get a cool shot of Willem's voice, as you said, and it's, like, echoing through the lighthouse. Yep. And, like, Willem's character, nowhere in sight. It's as mm-hmm. if the lighthouse itself is, like... Taunting him. Yeah. You did a bad smack. Yep. Why'd you tell me? <laughs> like, so... Cuts to Robert tripping and seeing his old boss. And he grabs his old boss. No, And then the old boss turns to him, realizes it's him, and then he turns around and sees... Willem, Cyclops, Lightning, Lighthouse dude. Oh, <laughs> Staring yeah. into yep. his soul. Is that, that that very, like, Willem's naked shot? Yep. Yes. That's based off a painting. Yep. yep. Uh, the painting is Hypnosis by a Sasha Schneider, painted mm-hmm. in 1904. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, sort of contemporary to the setting that they're trying to invoke. Yes. 
it's still a really good painting. Yes. I thought it looked familiar, like the imagery. Yeah. It's a very particular stance that particularly Willem is in. Yep. So, yeah, that, yep, yep. Yep. Symbolism. It's a shot. (laughs) This whole thing is a symbolism. Everything in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. So now we cut to Robert trying to leave on the lifeboat. And Willem is coming after him with an axe and wrecks the lifeboat. Yep. You're not leaving me here. Don't leave me here. And then, like, the second funniest shot in the entire film, where Robert is trying to run back to the lighthouse, and you see Willem Dafoe, axe over his head, like, run limping (laughs) behind him, and just laughing, like, (laughs) ha 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 ha. Yeah. Yep. Um. Robert then yells at Wilm, saying that he was under his charm, but he's no longer because he broke the mermaid statue, so now he is free. Um, Robert has now gone to a 9.5. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Very much. <laughs> Giggling, clapping. Wide-eyed. And is begging to know what Willem is hiding in the lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally on his hands and knees, begging. Uh, this is also where he threatens Willem's character by saying, I know what you did to your former wiki. I found his head in the lobster yeah, cage. Yeah. And Willem was like, what the, okay. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. And then it gets even weirder because even though we just saw Willem chasing Robert with an axe, mm-hmm. in, he claims that it was the other way around, where yeah. it was Robert that was chasing him with an axe just now. And then somehow finagles the knife away from him. He tells him, give me the knife, you're not safe with it anymore. Yeah. And he hands it over. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, Robert, what? Now we also don't know who's telling the truth because we don't, neither one of them is holding the axe. Right. No. Like, this point. Is this in the, is the axe in the table now? Yeah, no, like some, like, uh, the shot was Willem, Willem hammering the axe into the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also the second time that the knife breaks. Yes. And is, uh, thrown away. So, like, I'm not even sure if this knife exists. I, Maybe he uh, grabbed two knives. I'm not he even broke sure. Broke one, Willem. went back in the kitchen, grabbed a new one. Fair enough. He could have been stealing knives for like three or four scenes. Right for weeks. He had a new even, knife a week. I'm not even sure Willem is real in certain parts of this. Fair enough. Also very so, true. um, but now we cut to them drinking honey, and I lost the word. Oh, kerosene? They, yes. Yep. Um, yeah. And they're going nuts at the base of the lighthouse. Yeah, that's not good, right? Oh, no. That's legit poison. Okay. Like, it's alcoholic poison, but like... Okay. Yeah. That, okay. That That's the kind of alcohol that's meant for, like, cleaning stuff and, like... It's like, like in, drinking rubbing alcohol. Oh, yeah, okay. but, like, a lot worse. Okay. But yeah. at okay. least they flavored it. Yeah. Get some of that honey in there, that sweet, sweet, good stuff. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I put uh, Robert up at a 9.6. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the storm is raging on, and we cut to them under a table laughing their ass off, and the storm breaks the window above them. Mm-hmm. Morning comes, and the house is fucking wrecked. Is that when it, the storm is finally settled? It's yep. settling. Yes. yes. Yep. And th- there's like a couple inches of water on the floor. Yep. And, it's a mess. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally Robert, ruined. Yeah. yeah. Robert is trying to take a leak, and then he vomits, and then he finds the logbook floating past him, reads it, and then cut to Robert punching a meter or or whatever and breaking the glass and cutting up his hand. It's a clock. More symbolism. It's a clock. Okay. That's what I thought. I put meter or clock, but... 
they didn't really like zoom in on what it was. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. And we we were also seeing like those meters throughout the movie yeah, too. So right. I like I didn't know exactly which one he punched. So and now for the massive fight about the logbook. Huh. I still didn't really get this scene either. We find out Willem wrote in the book that Robert should get no pay, severance without pay is what it says, and okay. reports that he about the shitty job he does. And Robert accuses Willem of lying this whole time. Right. Uh, this is, I found this very interesting because the entire movie is shot from Robert Pattinson's character's perspective. Mm-hmm. So even though we see him doing all of this grueling work, uh, it might actually be a case that the logbook is a legitimate reflection of what's going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, the insistence on drinking that is instilled in him mm-hmm. is totally Willem's fault. Yes. Mm-hmm. So all the times that he's like drinking on duty or like got into a, an assault, that could have been like the mutual fist fight they had. Yeah. Which are like, I'm going to kiss you, no, we're going to fight instead. Yeah. That could be the thing that was... Like, Willem was like, well, he fought me, so severance without pay. So... Yeah, Willem is a problem. Yes. Willem mostly describes how... Uh, um... Degree... Mm, I don't know how to phrase this. How unagreeable... Unagreeable? Disagreeable. Disagreeable. Okay. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, <laughs> I'm sitting over here struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up like two hours ago. I'm struggling. Um how disagreeable he is so he's always talking back and everything like that i don't think it's so much like how bad of a job he's doing it's that he was always asking questions talking back to willem which really set him off because he was like why have to keep training this dog Mm -hmm. to like stop doing xyz and he keeps sassing me yeah but like he is a new wiki you are his boss you are doing as far as we could tell nothing else on the island besides like polishing a lantern at the top of the tower, locking yourself away, and getting drunk off your butt. Yeah. Right. And Willem essentially calls Robert a pouty lady in his... Mm -hmm. (laughs) They have some very interesting insults throughout the movie. The late 19th century version of a special snowflake. Yeah! Uh, Cue the choking each other out. Is this the whole scene? Robert gets visions of the mermaid and then cuts to his vision of Willem essentially being Poseidon with, like, various tentacles. And Mm -hmm. then Robert punching Willem out. Robert wins. And Willem starts barking like a dog. Yeah. So apparently, original script, they actually, this is more to the homoeroticism that happens throughout this movie, they actually pull each other's pants down in the original script as they're fighting. Which is supposed to be, I don't know, humorous or whatever, but that was just another nod. They took that out as well. But I think... Yeah, I'm glad I, that didn't happen. Sure. I like the subtlety of the, like, him punching uh, Willem on the ground. And, and then it's it, a like, mermaid. Yeah, and like yeah. it turns into his former boss, the mermaid. Yeah. Uh, Willem as a mythological sea creature. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, like stops after it, it mixes everything together it makes things more interesting than just like they're butts yeah i also like there in earlier scene when he's begging him mm-hmm. um he's on his knees in front of him in much of the same way that would be like a blowjob so when he tells him like mm-hmm. that that is actually the imagery i was getting i was mm-hmm. like he'll do anything oh, <laughs> like, oh well he's already there <laughs> yeah. 
So Robert then walks Willem out like a dog, pushes pushes him in the hole, kind of. I mean, he just, like, lets him fall in there. Yeah. yeah. And then starts burying him alive while Willem gives another wonderful, long-winded monologue while also getting dirt in his mouth. Which is real dirt. Yep. Uh, I like the way that Willem Dafoe, the actual actor, uh, speaks on the quality of his dialogue. Mm-hmm. He calls it elevated dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's more poetic and, like lyrical than like actual vernacular Mm -hmm. and that really does come across here where he's literally being buried alive like expositing a soliloquy while having dirt shovel in his mouth Mm -hmm. um so without finishing the job robert then is like oh well that's good enough and steals the keys he thinks i think he thinks willem's dead because willem doesn't move when he gets into yeah the but he doesn't him. finish burying him like you might as well finish burying him. that's a lot of work done though. well that also maybe shows that he's shoddy at his job like hmm. he doesn't finish take. the job <laughs> um so yeah, he's thinking that he's already dead, goes in the house for a smoke, Willem runs through with a jump scare, stabbing Robert in the shoulder with an axe. And then, uh... Chrissy's favorite death in gore moment. Yeah. I, I didn't think that was the shoulder, because like... No, no, no. Oh, it's, oh Willem it's to Robert. Na- oh, yeah. yep, yep. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When uh, Robert implants the axe in Willem's face just off screen that there's a big splatter. And that angle of the axe is really nice. And the sound effect. I'm like, yes! This is the good stuff. That was a great death. Yes. Um, 10 out of 10. I was wrong in my original prediction. Yes, you were. Yeah. (laughs) I said Green Goblin would win over Edward Cullen. I was wrong. But was I? Uh, You might not be. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. And he... uh, Robert immediately smokes up after this kill. Yep. So that leads me to believe that, like, no, he definitely murdered his other boss, too. Yeah. It's like, I kill somebody, I get to smoke. Yeah. He's crazy beans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 9.9. Yeah. Yep. Nine, we're not quite to 10 yet. <laughs> we have the finale for the end. Robert then heads to the light after drinking some of the lantern oil or fluid. Um, oh, yep, that's more the kerosene. Yeah. I don't think that's uh, that's flavored either, so that's just like, whoa! Nope. It's, there's no honey he's in that. A... He's drinking it straight. Party. He's the true frat boy. He <laughs> goes up to the light. <laughs> the light stops rotating, and it opens up, and we get a really cool shot of Robert screaming and then uh, it getting staticky and whatnot yep. into the light. And then he falls down the lighthouse steps all the way to the bottom, and then we see his naked self still be alive, quote-unquote, because I think he's in purgatory. Same. But the birds are pecking him and pulling his guts out. Very much like... Roll credits! That Greek... Who is that in Greek? Prometheus. Uh, yeah, Prometheus. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to be, I think. That's it's one of the ways to take it. Which is... it's Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Prometheus' story is he... What? He takes fire and gives it to the humans. Yep. And, and then... Steals fire from the gods. Yep. Yeah. And then Zeus gets mad and is like, you, hawk, pick out this man's liver. Yeah. Every day. So, since we're talking about theories now, because we're done talking... So... Yeah, that's the movie. Yeah, that's Rap. the movie. Roll I said credits. credits. Yep. Um, Prometheus was a titan in Greek mythology, so he does steal the light from the gods to give to the humans his... His death is, or eternal hell, is being pinned to a mountain and birds, or eagles in his situation, yeah. pulling out his guts and whatnot. And since, and his temperament is also the same, 
as Roberts okay. throughout the movie. So, like, character-wise, that fits. And then for Willem's character, him being Poseidon, he's the god. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's related to yes. Zeus, and his temperament matches that and the whole yep. nonsense of his bad temperament, greedy, um, hogging the light for himself. Mm-hmm. That matches, so that's why, granted, they're two very different stories in mythology right but like this is combining them is great (laughs) yeah like this is a clear part of the inspiration for like this particular scene and these kind of interactions i also think we you've touched on it robert at the end there i is in hell or purgatory and the lighthouse is supposed to represent heaven in a way that is another metaphor i don't know if i necessarily see that with the lighthouse bird but i mean you could also take it like the light is like fire, so he's trying mm-hmm. to steal the fire. Yeah, that's a better metaphor, I think. While I like the mythological angle, I really prefer something a bit more literal. Okay. Like, I like the idea of this is something that is taking place in, like, actual reality. Where okay. it is a movie that these are the events, just from Robert's perspective, mm-hmm. and he is going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, he did murder somebody. He is guilty. He is on the run. He's trying to uh, build up a different life for himself in a different place, but he finds himself in the exact same shitty situation, mm-hmm. does the exact same actions, and, like, slowly gets poisoned, poisons himself, goes nuts, loses mm-hmm. track of time, um, hallucinates a whole ton of stuff. Yeah. Yep. That so. kind of goes into theory, two that I have here, where Thomas and Ephraim are the same person. So, by that, I mean Thomas and Willem, or Robert the, the and two, Willem are the same Yeah, pe- like, the two Toms okay. are just one Tom, but it's, like, yes. younger Tom, like, the one that is conscious of himself, yeah. like, the, yes. yep, like, the superego, and the other one is, like, the id, or, like, the guilty mm-hmm. conscience trying to, like, like, come on. Come on, you can do better. Like, you gotta punish yourself. (laughs) Because in reality, for lighthouses, only one person would work at a time. Really? Um, Uh, I feel like... Some lighthouses. It was, yeah, it wasn't particularly safe, and it was usually a two-man job, but in some cases, in reality, they could only afford one person going up there. Yeah, that sounds like a corporation. So it's it's very (laughs) possible that it is just one person who's just gone nuts because of boredom. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Or guilt. And then theory three is that it's just a commentary on a man's complicated desires. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Sure. Well, like, uh, trying to make a life for himself, trying to, like, understand Mm -hmm. his sexuality, trying to understand, like, the power play between, like, I'm trying to build a life for myself and get something, whereas the people that have that are, Mm -hmm. like, trying to desperately cling on to it and not let anybody share in that wealth. Yeah. It's, like, it's a statement... It can be read as a statement on a lot of things. Yeah. And all of that wrapped up in a, a healthy, like, masturbatory sequence? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I will say, like, Robert Eggers has literally said that this entire movie is very thin on plot. Yep. And I'm not sure whether a lot of the things that we're talking about now were te- necessarily intentional or not. <laughs> uh, in interviews and workshops that I watched with uh, the director, mm-hmm. he very much came off as like I was writing something and then this is the themes that emerged mm-hmm. from that. So yes. it may not have been intentional, but it's not like he's denying it. Yeah, right. that very much so. 
but also I don't know how much of that is a little bit of tooting his own horn after the fact. I definitely got a little bit of that from him where it was like, oh yeah, I'm great. Hair flick. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I don't know. And that's just my personal opinion on that. Like, people are, were lighting him up and were like, this was amazing. X, Y, Z, you are great. This is, I will do like, anything. And I'm like, not like that generally. So it was a little off-putting. Sure. He's only made two, like, big budget films. Mm -hmm. uh, it was this, and then 2015's? 2015 so. or 2016's The Witch. Right. Yeah. The one with, like, the two Vs for the W. Yeah, yeah. which and, like, I did like. I yeah. liked The Witch. Yeah. And, like, yeah. when, you make, when you make two pieces that are as strong mm -hmm. as these are, you're gonna get some people who are like, it is the Messiah! Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That just kind of happens. The, it, yeah. 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 So this did have a true story behind it, mm -hmm. um, loosely retelling of it, um, from 1901, from 1801, excuse me, um, about these Thomas Howell and Thomas Griffith, uh, were prone to fight a lot. They were lighthouse keepers to a very small little lighthouse. Um, Griffith killed Howell, buried him, the latter crawled, uh, uh, yeah, Howell crawled away in fear and might have been sentenced for the crime, but uh, Griffith built a coffin for Howell, put his body in there. However, the moody weather made the situation even worse. Yeah, they got caught in a storm. Griffith went bananas, bonkers. It's pretty much the lighthouse. <laughs> it, yeah, it's pretty it's, much it was, what it is. It yeah. was a, an Thomas idea. killing Thomas. And <laughs> uh, yeah. There's also another uh, lighthouse tragedy. I think it's the Flannery Lighthouse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, that was an Irish one where um, they were, it was like during a heavy storm, uh, a replacement wiki was coming to replace one of the two on the island uh, about like a week or two past after that and the heavy storm. And there was no response. So, like, people from the nearby village, like, boated over there to see what was going on. And everyone was missing. There were no bodies. Oh, wow. There was, like, dinner on the table, but the clocks were still working. Ugh. Yeah, like... That's creepy. Yeah. That's Light creepy. super creepy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lighthouses out there that you can go and you can, you know, tour. And they say that are haunted now. Yeah. A lot of lighthouses are haunted like, there's some up in, like, Lake Superior, UP area that are yeah. said to be haunted. Which, I've had some ghosty experiences up there, but we don't need to talk about Ooh, them today. Spooky pass. I might, <laughs> I might uh, pester you about that it, later. <laughs> we were literally walking through a lighthouse. I was by myself at one point, and one of the rocking chairs in the corner was going by itself. Oh. That's pretty much what was happening. No and it, no one could, or when could happen, because it was in one of the display cases. Hey, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> uh, hey. A very thin fishing wire and somebody in the roof that, like, just wanted to mess with you. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> Nobody works there. Like, it's just a museum now. Yeah. It's, it's out of commission. Do you have taglines before I go on to any more I do facts? have a few. There's not many for this movie. Do it up. Uh, there, is, there is enchantment in the light. Keeping secrets are ye. And the light has its mysteries. I, I like add, the last one. Yeah. Mm. If I might add one more, why'd you spill your beans? <laughs> Could you imagine if that was just on the poster in the back, in the back I would corner? love that. The Lighthouse. Love that. Sponsored by Heinz Beans. <laughs> you uh, have the a Bush Beans dog <laughs> in yep, the back. Yep. 
So, um, some other fun facts that we didn't touch on yet. The Lighthouse did start as an Edgar Allan Poe adaptation mm -hmm. called The Lighthouse, uh, an incomplete account of the narrator's dwindling sanity in a lighthouse. And it was the last work that Edgar Allan Poe was working on before he died. Um, it was just the major influence to start the project. Yes. Um, uh, Robert Eggers did write this with his brother, Max. Yep. I don't think yep. we touched on that. but nope. The first collaboration between the brothers. Yep. Yes. Uh, he also did a previous Edgar Allan Poe short. Okay. But mm -hmm. uh, that was one of the short films he used to, like, toss his hat in the ring of, like, like Hollywood directors. Like, investment? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so not only did this movie draw inspiration from Edgar Allan Poe's work, Greek mythology, and true stories, there is also hints at Lovecraftian writings in this as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, tentacles. Because tentacles. What if there's a Lovecraftian <laughs> the monster yeah. in the lighthouse? It's actually it's actually Cthulhu the whole time. It was Cthulhu's baby, baby yeah. boy. Doesn't he have kids? He does. That's complicated. <laughs> I mean, we touched Cthulhu before. Go uh, listen to our Call of Cthulhu episode. Yeah. We'll have more Lovecrafty and stuff. Or if you've already listened to it, re-listen to it. Go. Yes. Go listen, go. Stop now. <laughs> <laughs> Come back. <laughs> you back? Great. Uh, I have a fun fact. Go for um, it. In uh, researching uh, appropriate era dialogue, um, the director found uh, the works of a contemporary writer by the name of Sarah Orangewet, mm -hmm. and uh, based on her writings they were able to differentiate the dialogue of Willem Dafoe's character and uh, Robert Pattinson's character, with Willem speaking in a more, like, sea dog, uh, sailor, yeah. elevated poetry, and basing Robert's lines on contemporary, like, farm, mm -hmm. uh, like, farmers and, like, Loggers. And... Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's how, one way to help differentiate the characters. Yeah, apparently she used to keep, like, journals of conversations she would have with those types of people in their dialect which mm -hmm. is what a thing to do with your life like wow hey it's proven to be useful yes yeah. very or someone <laughs> a century For Robert later yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i would like to say willem dafoe and robert pattinson apparently have very different acting mm. um styles kind of thing mm -hmm. so robert pattinson is a very i'm gonna do it in the moment for the first time and I'm going to get the magic of it in that first time and Willem Dafoe having a theater background was like I'm going to practice this for three weeks straight yep. and then do it so apparently there was some tension on set between the two of them um and but it worked yeah. <laughs> because it was like, good for the movie yeah no it when the movie is based on tension and I think that works for both characters like mm -hmm. yeah for imagine trying to extemporaneously find a character in bitching somebody out about your cooking for two minutes versus like yelling about this person's goddamn farts and practicing that for three weeks. Yeah. I think that would have been very a very yeah. different film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned the prosthetic teeth for Willem Dafoe, but the both of their uh, faces with the facial hair were real. Yes. But Robert Pattinson did have to dye his mustache to make it darker because of the contrast that we were talking about oh, because it was coming in blonde. I wonder how he looked in color. <laughs> Like um, a they, batshit crazy there boy. Is, somebody did colorize the uh, trailer on really? YouTube. Yeah, oh, it looks look at that. so strange. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine because they had to do all these different color contrasts mm -hmm. in the background to make it 
look good in black and white. Well, and we didn't talk about it, but the lens they used was an old one where it doesn't pick up on red light. It just mm-hmm. sees it as black, and that makes all your pores and stuff mm-hmm. in your face look black. So it gives it this grainy kind of feel like the olden days had. They fix that now and like... Yeah. Right, but like that was intentional. Yeah. Like they wanted to get a grittier movie mm-hmm. yep. tone. Except for it. the mermaid, they wanted her to look beautiful, pure. Yep. <laughs> so they didn't use it on her. But I, I say it's sexist bullshit. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> ben, the feminist of the podcast. Yeah, Ben. Yeah. I, <laughs> I am. I am proud. here. I am here to represent the women of the world. <laughs> <laughs> Can we applaud you? <laughs> Um, so my last fun fact is Robert Pattinson, with the acting approach that he had, also did unusual ways to psych himself up. So he would sometimes, like, yell at himself, scream at himself, drink rainwater in between takes, spit around in a circle a lot, um, stick fingers down his throat to make himself gag and, like, really hoarse and, like, it was gross. Yeah, no... It's I know movie. actors who are like that, so it's mm. it's weird to witness. Best part is, he's playing Batman. Yeah. So, like, I can't wait to hear about the crazy stories this person did to get himself into the Batman mindset. I am very, now that I've seen this movie, this is the first work I've seen of Pattinson since Twilight, which is oh, admittedly really? a very, very different. Yep. And I think he is a very... Uh, a very ranged actor. I'm interested yeah. to see what he's going to do with Batman now. I might actually go see that. Uh, so, do you have any other fun facts? I don't think Do I you did. have any other fun facts? I think I covered it. Do we want to talk before we grade it about just our personal thoughts about the film? <laughs> so, okay, yeah. I'll go first. I'm not a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the research behind it. It was kind of fun to revisit, like, mythology and everything like that because that was, like, the only thing in high school I was really good at in history was Greek mythology. So I'm like, yes, <laughs> let's go! Because it's actually interesting. <laughs> yes, and Ben being a history buff, mm-hmm. how did you feel about that uh, theory and, and this movie? Uh, I liked its incorporation. I liked the uh, depth that it brought to it. Um I have a very different opinion from you, though. I thought this was a great film. Good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would casually rewatch it, but, like, if I'm in the mood to introduce someone to a piece that they need to think about, I would definitely recommend this. Okay. I uh, admittedly hated this movie, mm. uh, but I'm also a person who likes a little, sometimes a little more plot. Like, all video games I play, very plot-heavy. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, for me, it's, it just was, I watched this and was just basically fully confused until I did some research on it, and a lot of it felt like an after-the-fact, like, oh, it fit that narrative, then yes, that's sure. what it was about. So I wasn't a fan. I can appreciate the acting, I can appreciate the way they filmed it and all of that, but as a movie stands, I wouldn't recommend this for anybody. I really didn't like it. See, I would recommend it. It's, And I'm not, like, again, saying that it's a good movie or anything, because it is a good movie. I It's just not my cup of tea. I think that's fair. So we've had the good, the bad, and the ugly reviews. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be a trend whenever I'm on. <laughs> that's good, though. That yes. gives us some dynamic to it, because yeah. otherwise it would have been me and Christy talking about how <laughs> we really didn't like this movie. <laughs> yeah. So 
Let's grade this shit. Kelly, what does this entail? Okay, so Christy and I grade the movie over five questions. Each question has a score of 1 to 10 for both of us for a total score of 50 each, 100 total. Ben is going to give us a score from 1 to 10 overall of what he thought of the movie, so we can add that to our score at the end. Yes, so Ben, think about that. We'll finish up our questions. And you are willing, you... You can interject. You can scoff at my <laughs> grades. I will prepare my scoffing notes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, first question. Was this movie scary slash was it a good horror movie? I was unkind. I gave this a one. Whoa. Yeah. I gave it a 7.5. Oh. Oh, what? <laughs> I appreciate the scoff. Um, for all the same reasons we literally just yes. said. Um, acting. 10. 10. And special effects? I also gave this a 10. I gave it an 8. Interesting. I, I went special effects as in all the camera work and everything in here. Yeah. the I tend to do that with, like, all the writing and stuff because mm-hmm. they have to pre-plan on all that. But I gave it a little bit lower score because that tentacle was not convincing at the beginning. <laughs> oh, very much not. No. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be. I don't think it was supposed to be either, but... Uh, it was It was distracting. It was... It takes you out of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And that's a problem. Yeah. If it fit the... the because the other tentacles later on in the movie fit the movie. Mm-hmm. If they just used the same tentacles, it would have been better. But, uh, compelling story slash interesting twist. I also gave this a one. I gave it a three. Sorry, I'm waiting ben. for the scoff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm not too far off on that one. Okay. Okay. And then, how was the character development and the writing? Give us an eight. Eight. So I gave it a 36.5. And mine's a 30. And Ben. All right. So um, for the was this movie scary, mm-hmm. uh, I gave it a 5. Uh, it had, like, the right mood, but it never got me with a moment. No, there weren't. Yeah, you're right. There wasn't really. There was a couple of good ooh moments, yep. but. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how was the acting? I gave it a 9. Uh, there were uh, two moments, one from each actor, that took me out of the film. But otherwise, I was totally invested. What were the moments? Um, for uh, Willem Dafoe, it was some point where he was, like, laughing, and I had to compare that to, like, his Green Goblin laugh. And, like, that's <laughs> that's a very poor way to do it, but yeah. Okay. And then for Robert Pattinson, when, uh, he, after he discovers the logbook, he's yelling about the goddamn farts. And, like, that was just like, okay, somebody had to write that. <laughs> Somebody had, somebody wrote that and got paid for that. They were tooting their own horn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Special effects, seven. Loved doing the research on the practical effects. Yes. Um, Them building their own lighthouse, them like fitting everything for the camera. But like when they did employ like CG Mm -hmm. or like a model on set or Mm -hmm. something, it just kind of was like, yep, that is... That they added that to the film. Okay. It doesn't feel like part of the, the film. Was it a compelling story or did it have an interesting twist? I gave it a four. Okay. Um, yeah, you kind of feel the same thing we do. Yeah. Like, base, it's too complicated. I, to me. I thought it, it was. That's why I gave it a... I think it's, at the, at the, at the same time, it's also very simple. I think yeah. we tend to overthink things because most movies nowadays I are very complicated. I way overthink things, which is why I think it's too complicated. Yeah. Because my brain just went off <laughs> and i think had we taken it more at face value it made it might have been a little easier um well, no, we we're I'm expecting like, so much more from it than it when, than it is i think it was the best version of this kind of story that could be told right now mm-hmm. okay. that, but i don't think it's a great story okay agree yep 
And character development writing. Seven. Okay. Again, there were several points where I was like, yep, somebody wrote that. Yeah. But otherwise, it was like, wonderful dialogue, wonderful interactions, uh, just like, not as great. So that is a... Uh, 12, 21, 25, 32. Okay, 32. Dang. Yep. So if you were to put that in a scale of 1 to 10... 6.4. 6.4? Yeah. Thank you for saying my opinion. <laughs> so that puts us at a I think that's right. 2.9. I, di- I divided it by 50 because it would be total score 50 and then multiplied that by 10. So I think that's right. <laughs> this is putting it in between The Exorcist from 1973 and just below Evil Dead 2 from 1987. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. I yeah, s- I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I suppose that. I would rewatch The Exorcist more, but, like, on an individual watch, I think I appreciated this film better. Yes. And if it was just Kelly and I giving our opinion, it would have been in between Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween. It feels almost better between The Exorcist and Evil Dead. Yes. So, thank you, Ben. I mean, I was for very, giving it that extra I was boost. also really you're harsh welcome. on it, so... <laughs> I mean, you're harsh on a lot of the movies. Yeah, but then so Evil like, Dead 2 is, it's, like, it's all well, thing. <laughs> the, the thing is, you're consistent, True. So if you're critical across the board, it's consistent, and it's not like you're shoving your bias into it. I try not. You're trying to be critical across the board, so it levels out. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank See, you. if you were critical <laughs> about, like, a handful of the movies, but, like, oh, it's just bread and butter to me. Like, I just, it's 10 out of 10 across the board. Yeah. Like, then, yeah, I'd be like, Kelly. <laughs> we need to have a talk. <laughs> we need to have an intervention. <laughs> um... So, next episode is our double feature for Cringemas. I'm not going to tease any of the movies that we're doing. Um, one was already picked out. Uh, the other one is up for voting. If you haven't seen it already, go vote already. So, uh, be on the lookout for Cringemas. So, we are <laughs> going to, we're just covering, like, B-rated, cringy yes. movies that have, like, nothing behind it. It's just all good fun. Kind of like... Uh, you know, like the blob was, except the blob was a specific request from someone, so we decided to do, oh, you know, that was kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> like, the, the movie that we already have picked out was a request from my father. Okay. So, go figure on that one. My dad <laughs> likes a lot of, like, the weird What, movies. Steve? No. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so be on the lookout for that. Ben, do you have anything to plug? Not at this time. I just wanted to say thank you for inviting me back. <laughs> oh, we love so fun thank you thank you're you the first coming. returning guest yes awesome were you, were you was he your first guest too i i yeah. think i was i look forward to coming back in another year yes <laughs> ben will be an annual guest yes it's pretty much whenever you're home <laughs> indeed yes um so uh if you like our artwork as much as we do yes go visit my sister danielle at danny draws dragons on instagram check out her work very talented she is great yes <laughs> Uh, if you want to join in the conversations and, like, give us some recommendations, um, you can find us on Facebook at Unnerved, a horror movie podcast. We have a wonderful group over there that's slowly growing, mm-hmm. but we have an even bigger group over at Twitter uh, that is skyrocketing uh, every week, which is phenomenal to oh, us. and thank you to people who have reached out to us at this I was going to get there. <laughs> like... um, at Twitter at Unnerved, um, 
thank you to all the recommendations that are coming in. Yes. We have a list that we are going through uh, 2022. Uh, we kind of want to just close out the, this year and then just start with the recommendations for next year. Probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah, because we, we have a lot. And also to other podcasters who've reached out saying, mm-hmm. giving us feedback, telling us we're doing a great job, which is so thankful. <laughs> so happy about that. And also um, just all the recommendation and all the love that's coming our way. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being spoopy lovers. <laughs> yes. And also thank you to uh, our friend Grant, who um, doesn't listen to the podcast, but I'm going to give him a shout out anyways. He, for fixing our sound mixing. Yeah, so, so we're working on that. <laughs> we knew that the theme music and the volume of the theme music and our voices was a complete disconnect. Uh, hopefully everything from now kind of goes a lot smoother. Yes. Sounds a lot better, so you're not, like, toning down the volume all the way to zero and then blasting it for us. Yes. So, um, shout out, thank you to El Granto. <laughs> um, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Stay spooky. Bye.